Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field to preview Packers and Panthers. It will be a Sunday noon central time kickoff from Charlotte. And uh, Wes will take a look at this Carolina Panthers team, which has had a rough season, uh, 2-12 and on the year. But as far as this game goes, the most important thing as far as the Carolina Panthers are concerned is that they went 1-0 last week. They ended a long losing streak, got a win with a last-second field goal over a division rival in the Atlanta Falcons in a steady rainstorm down there in North Carolina. And uh, when you watch the highlights of that game and see how fired up the Carolina Panthers were to chalk up a win, I'm telling you, these guys are going to bring everything they've got against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Yeah, and, and it was really interesting listening to Keyshawn Nixon discuss this because while the Raiders had much more success with Rich Bisaccia as their interim head coach, Keyshawn mentioned how that can be an invigorating process uh, for a football team, a rallying cry, if you will. And and that's what the Panthers, I think, are kind of going through right now with, uh, I believe it's a Chris Tabor that took Chris over. Chris Tabor, yeah. Yeah, took over now and longtime, well-respected special teams coach in the league taking over after Frank Reich was let go and watching those post-game videos of them in the locker room. I mean, tell you this, Mike, I don't think you could have guessed that that team was two and 12. I think a lot of people have been like, wow, that's, that was a, that was a win that keeps them in the playoff hunt. There's no replacement for victory in this league. Yep. And the Carolina Panthers, they are what they are. I mean, Bryce Young has had a really rough rookie season. They're ranked 30th in offense, but on any given Sunday, any of these teams are good enough to win and the Packers can't take it for granted. Well, the biggest thing that the biggest things that stand out with regard to the Panthers offense, you mentioned Bryce Young, he's number 1 overall pick in the draft. He's the guy that the Carolina Panthers are going to be building around and uh, we'll see what happens as far as the coaching decisions they make for next year uh, since they moved on from Frank Reich before his first season was even over. At running back, Chuba Hubbard. He's got nearly 1,000 combined yards rushing and receiving. He's, he's over 900 when you combine the uh, the runs and the catches. And the old veteran uh, guy the Packers are very familiar with, and Adam Thielen, who uh, don't look now, but on a team that obviously has struggled offensively, 89 catches, 870 yards, four touchdowns. He's as productive as ever. And... Um, I, you know, I mentioned this in, uh, in, in Insider Inbox. If there's a couple things that 
if there's a couple things that I am on high alert for um, as far as the Packers' defense is concerned going into this game, it's Bryce Young's running ability, which could involve the zone read plays, especially with what Tommy DeVito did to the Packers' defense on the Monday night game against the Giants, where a couple of zone read plays and he gained you know, 40, 50 yards combined on those two. And then Adam Thielen on third downs. You have to know where that guy is because he will find an opening at the sticks and count on his quarterback to deliver the ball. And uh, Adam Thielen's a guy who can just make it difficult for your defense to get off the field. I think that was the old Toby Keith line, right, about how I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm good once as as I've ever been. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Adam Thielen, I think, you know, they made a big decision this year with the Vikings letting him go. And uh, if I remember correctly, memory serves, I don't think the Carolina Panthers wasted much time picking him up. Yeah. And when you look at the construct of this offense and what they were looking to achieve from the beginning, it was giving your young quarterback an option in the middle of the field, one of the best, most viable slot receivers, independable guys that you're going to look for in Adam Thielen. And I think he's met that criteria. He's on his way to a thousand yard season for them, which is impressive considering the issues they've had passing the ball this year. And again, if I'm, if I'm this offensive coaching staff for Carolina, I'm putting on the film from these last two games and telling my guys, it's all out there for you. When you look again, like you mentioned with what DeVito did two weeks ago, a lot of trickeration, a lot of read option stuff, a lot of just scramble drills turning into, you know, leaking runs. And then last week, Chris Godwin, 10 catches, 155 yards. Uh, This team, in terms of the construct of it, is actually built to match up pretty well with Green Bay. But for the Packers' standpoint, to, to show you the hope is there, Bryce Young has just really struggled with anything downfield it, it has been a pretty rudimentary passing game for this for them this season yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of short stuff underneath and a lot of horizontal stuff yes. to try to get the ball to his guys in space to make plays these guys these guys throw these guys try to stretch you horizontally defensively and uh, and try to find openings up the sideline yeah and I, I just look at this matchup for Green Bay defensively and I don't want to use the word get right here but this is an opportunity It's an opportunity to go up against an offense that has had some legitimate problems here. They have not scored more than 20 points since week six. When I mentioned Bryce Young, he has not thrown a touchdown pass in more than a month. Yeah. Uh, He did what he had to do to win in that rainstorm last week. But other than that, it has been a real grind for them. Stopping Hubbard, stopping Thielen, and probably playing a lot of single high safety in this one would be probably my plan in terms of just making sure that you take away the short stuff and keep them in the third and longs. Yeah, and the the other thing too, when you're going up against an offense that throws a lot of short stuff, as I said, the underneath stuff, the horizontal stuff, they're trying to get yards after the catch. You got to make tackles. If you if if you allow them to break tackles, if you're not sound in your tackling, that is where they will move the chains and get the momentum of their offense going. The other statistic with them that sticks out is 54 sacks allowed. Yeah, and. For the most part, it seems that, and I think this is a big reason that Bryce Young has had so many struggles, is a lot of that pressure is up the middle. The interior of their offensive line um, is probably their biggest weakness there. And, you know, this. so this is a game that just screams Kenny Clark all yeah. over the place. I mean, Clark, who's coming off of a, you know, what was a ter- tremendous effort, an absolutely tremendous effort against the Buccaneers, even though overall the Packers' defense obviously did not play well. 
But Kenny Clark was a force in the middle of the defense for the Packers last week, and I think he's going to be a guy that uh, that'll show up big this week. Well, Nash Jensen is their, their starting right guard right now. He's an undrafted, for, you know, rookie uh, and has been in there the last I think couple games. Th- there's going to be opportunities there, and I think Green Bay coming off the five sack performance last week. Pressure and coverage are always married. They're always tied together hand in hand. Right. Especially with what happened two weeks ago against DeVito, this would be the one where I think the extra emphasis is placed on the rush lanes, on your gap integrity, making sure that you finish to the ball. And and realistically, I think it comes down to both sides of it. We'll talk about the defense here in a second, but the Packers and Panthers both got their franchise pass rusher in that 2019 draft. For the Panthers, it was Brian Burns. For the Packers, it was Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary has kind of been on the precipice of that first 10-sack season. This seems to be a really good opportunity for him to have one of those Rashawn Gary games because, as we've seen, it doesn't always have to be three sacks. Yeah. But when Rashawn Gary is pressuring the quarterback, more often than not, that's led to wins for the Green Bay Packers. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and the then never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, well, you mentioned Brian Burns and shifting gears to the defensive side of the ball for Carolina. He's got six sacks this season. Not his best season statistically, but this guy is a pretty darn good pass rusher. As a team, the Panthers have just 20 sacks overall, so Burns has six of those 20 and uh, and has certainly drawn a lot of attention from uh, from opposing pass protection units as far as the chips and the double teams off the edge and all that kind of stuff. But I have to I have to ask you to explain something to me. Yeah, Russ. I'd be happy to. Maybe. <laughs> How in the world is the Carolina Panthers defense ranked third in the league in yards allowed, but 29th in the league in points allowed? I don't know if I have ever seen a discrepancy that large, a discrepancy of 26 ranking spots between the yards allowed and the points allowed. I don't get it. So I need an explanation. I also need to say this because Dom is a is an old, uh, not like the the senior, I should say, not old, but the senior assistant uh, and, and also one of the protégés there, our mentors for forever, their, their defensive coordinator. Dom used to always used to say, he's like, you know, a lot of times, you know, total defense matters, but you want to, the scoring defense is the area you want to win as a defensive coordinator. Unfortunately for this unit right now for Carolina, that's where they've been losing. Now that isn't always 
completely on a defense. That sometimes could be somewhat a reflection of them being minus six in turnover differential. Sure. It could be not stepping up in adverse situations, even if maybe you're, you're, you know, the ball's being turned over deep in your territory, not being able to keep teams out of the end zone. The other aspect of it is, too, they just have not been good in the red zone this year. You're, you're not getting those three-point plays. You're not getting the takeaways in that area. You're giving up six, seven points. I think it's 71% of the time. That's one area where Green Bay has to get after this thing because if you look at this defense overall for Carolina, I actually think it's pretty good. They have a lot of veteran players there, a lot of guys that they had brought in from other teams, unrestricted free agents that that kind of signed at the peak of their 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 value. In addition to the fact that up front, you know, with with Burns and Brown there being sort of the faces of that that aspect of it for them. There's a lot to like about what Carolina's doing there. I think the defensive coordinator is really sharp, too. This was put together as like an all-star coaching staff with Frank Reich. Offensively, it's been a, you know, it's been a grind. But defensively, other than those points, again, there's a lot that you can't overlook there because it could hurt you. Yeah, and uh, their defensive coordinator, E.J. Evero, he actually got his coaching start in the NFL in Green Bay. You said that on, better than on, I did. On Mike McCarthy's staff as a uh, as a quality control With Dom. Coach. That was yeah, with, with Dom, yeah. With Dom Capers as the defensive coordinator. I don't remember exactly. I should have looked it up before we turned the cameras on. What year? What year? Uh, E.J. Evero arrived in Green Bay, and he wasn't here for very long. Um, and uh, you know, he he moved up the ladder pretty quickly to uh, to a coordinator spot in the league. And and uh, um, he's a guy that uh, that uh, you know is getting a lot of attention for the way yep. his team is playing defense, even though they're having a rough season. Because the other stat I wanted to point out, and this is this is the this follows the uh, you know the one of the Dom Capers mantras is opposing passer rating. Yeah. For all of Carolina's struggles overall and and the difficulties in winning games, opposing quarterbacks are only have a 88.5 passer rating on the season. That's pretty darn good, you know, and and so it just it just goes to show that yes, the Carolina Panthers are two and twelve, but they've they've got some things going for them, and uh, um, and you know the Packers are, Packers are still going to have to bring everything they've got for this game because uh, because the the Panthers are not a pushover despite their record. This is the funniest thing about this though, because we're talking about discrepancies and what's perplexing about this. Yes, you're absolutely right about that opposing pass rate. They only have like eight interceptions though. Yeah. Like they're like twenty what is it, twenty tied for twenty fourth in interceptions. Yeah. So it's not like they got a ton of interceptions that are influencing those pass rates. The pass rating, yeah. I so yeah. what it what it does probably tell you though is that the completions haven't been there. They're forcing teams to go the long way at times. And probably when they've ruptured, they've ruptured badly. But a game like last week, in the trenches, in the rain, they took advantage of it and obviously got a big takeaway from Desmond Ritter that helped them win that football game. All right, well, I want to solidify the keys to victory here in just a moment, Wes, but I'll take care of some sponsor business first. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7 365 and at cousin subs we have something for everyone like our wisconsin cheese curds mac and cheese golden fries and creamy shakes all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl cousin subs 50 years of better all right we've obviously hinted suggested at a couple of things already keys to victory here for the packers to leave charlotte with their seventh victory of the season what do you got why did the panthers win last week they played really good defense, 
and then they put together a clutch drive at the end of the game. And Hubbard was a consistent force throughout that game. Where Atlanta could not run the ball, Hubbard had 20-some economical carries for 80-some economical yards and was able to help them push things. The best friends of Bryce Young in this offense has been Hubbard. For as much as they've tried to replace him, because you got to remember, he kind of came out and emerged after the Christian McCaffrey injuries, and they've kind of tried to find other franchise backs. This is the back. This is yeah. the guy. It's almost like your Edgar Bennett-type running back where I don't know how many thousand-yard seasons he'll have in his career, but he is a guy that is going to be, when you're winning, when you're moving the ball, he's the one that's helping you do that. And then stopping Adam Thielen, not letting the, the ruptures happen in the middle of the field, making sure that you win on third down situationally. Mike, there's a lot of times where you'll ask me these questions, and, and rightfully so, about, hey, the keys to victory. Basically, not trying to be overdramatic, but, but do everything better than what you did against Tampa Bay. Yeah, It's not just one specific area. It's making sure that you can, across the board, fix some of these gaffes that happen. Because let's be honest, Mike, the Packers lose this game. The, the playoff hopes are dwindling. Yeah, They expect to win it and try to get on a three-game run here, and you need to build momentum in this matchup as you look forward then to Minnesota and beyond. Yeah, no question about it. And my keys to victory for this one, I don't, I don't want to oversimplify, but um, I, have to, I have to confess, my key to victory, keys to victory last week were to protect the football and to force Baker Mayfield into a mistake. Well, the Packers didn't turn the ball over till very late in the fourth quarter, and they got a strip sack of Baker Mayfield early in the game, and it ended up not really mattering in, in the long run. So shows what I know as far as this keys to victory stuff. But what I'm going to say with can regard to this game. Can I say something in your game, defense, though? What's that? I, can I say something in your defense? Sure. The, the seven completions for 140-some yards on third down, like the ex, you're absolutely right. Everything you said was right. But when you give up explosives, we know how explosive plays translate to points. Yeah. And that's where Tampa Bay beat them. Yeah, absolutely. As you may continue. For me in this game, I, I think it's all about, and, and this goes really for both sides of the ball, it's all about the Packers playing with a lead. Because if you, if you, look, at, if you look at what has been successful, why, why were the Packers able to beat the Lions and the Chiefs? It's because they jumped on top by multiple scores and – the, the offense looked sharper and in command of the game, and the defense just had a different swagger to it when they were playing with a lead. And I think though I, I think that's really what this game comes down to. It sounds like the weather is going to be a little bit better in Charlotte than it was last week, so hopefully that bodes worse. well. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that bodes well for the Packers' offense to be able to get off to a fast start and and try to try to build a lead in this game. I know the Packers had the lead here and there against the Giants in the Monday night game, but that's not the kind of lead. No. You know, that, that's, not the, that's not the same kind of lead and command of the game that the Packers had against the Lions and the Chiefs. And I think, I think, that's, the, uh, I think that's the formula here for, uh, for Green Bay. They've had a number of come-from-behind opportunities offensively throughout the course of the year, and more often than not, it hasn't worked out that way. Playing, playing from behind has not been the uh the formula for success for this team so uh so i think it's about it's about jumping on top maybe trying to break carolina's spirit a little bit um because because one thing they they fought the entire 60 minutes against the atlanta falcons because the falcons never put more than seven points right. on the board you know the the carolina defense really held strong if the packers can break through that get a couple of scores on the board and, uh, and play from more of a commanding position, then I think they should leave Charlotte with a victory. And the most swagger this defense has played with this season 
is when everything you outlined happens. When you think of how they played against Detroit, how they played against Kansas City, and week one against Chicago. That unit was humming. Yeah. As much as we want to be about pointing fingers and blame and res- all this type of stuff, the Packers, as recently as like 14 days ago, were feeling pretty good about where their defense was headed. was not perfect, but we're feeling pretty good about it. You take a couple pops on the chin. Now the question is, how do you respond to that? I love what you said there because I think there is something to be said. I, I totally understand why Matt LaFleur did what he did, deferring to the second half in, in Green Bay. You're in your own field. Yeah. I understand that. But there is something about that offense going out on the field. If it would work out that way again, going down the field, getting points, and the way the defense has played after that, yeah, as opposed to responding. To and it. we and we have such we have such a large sample size now that 14 games are in the books. And if I'm not mistaken, Wes, the bottom line is the only time this year that the Packers have lost a game in which they've had a multi-score lead was way back in Week Two in Atlanta. Yeah. That's the only time when this team has gotten a multi-score lead, whether it's, you know, whether it's been the Rams, the Lions, the Chiefs, you know, in those uh, those games, um, the Chargers, even for that matter, they haven't let it get away. They've been able to uh, they've been able to win those games. Hey, guys, it's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So you mentioned, obviously, the idea is to get this game, try to get on a run. The Packers have got to win their last three to get to nine and eight and then see where the chips fall in uh in the playoff picture looking at all the different games going on that would impact the Packers situation as far as the NFC I'll just rattle them all off and then I'll let you comment on what you uh what you desire the saints are at the rams on thursday night football this week those are two of the teams that are seven and seven sitting one game ahead of green bay at six and eight the falcons also at six and eight are at home against the colts making yet another quarterback change desmond ritter is being benched for the second time this season taylor heineke is coming in as the new starting quarterback once again the lions are at the vikings the vikings are at seven and seven the lions are one win away because they are playing minnesota they are one win away from clinching the nfc north title which i believe would be detroit's first division championship since the early 90s 93 i believe yeah 30 years uh, 1993 yep um the Seahawks, who coming off of that big come-from-behind victory over the Eagles on Monday night, they are at 7-7. Seven and seven. They are at Tennessee against the Titans. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who just beat the Packers, who are at 7-7 seven and seven, um, in the NFC South, they are hosting the, uh, the one of the Florida Bowls against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there are questions as to whether Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars quarterback, is going to be available because he's in the concussion protocol. So... 
those are all the ones out there, Wes. I'll let you uh, let you comment on what you'd. Like. Do you remember that old Operation game where you'd like have to like try to pull out like the yeah, and, mean, and it buzzes. That's at basically you. Trevor Lawrence this season. Like just, I mean, so much credit to the, that dude. How much toughness he has, but it just seems like he is, every he is a week, tough cookie, man. He really is. It just seems yeah. like every week he has a new injury. The, yeah. the other one too, I think, is very important. Now again, the Green Bay Packers have to take care of business. You don't beat the Carolina Panthers. None yeah. Of this oh, none of, none of the scoreboard watching matters, quite frankly. If the uh, if the Packers don't put together a three game winning streak here to get to nine and eight, you've got to get to nine and eight. But let's look on the positive side of this thing. Let's say that's in the cards for Green Bay. Let's say that nine win season is out there. A game like this with Baltimore going into San Francisco that actually has some implications here. It does. You want, I was gonna I was gonna get to that. Yeah. But yeah. But you know, you want the Detroit Lions to have yeah. that opportunity to potentially still play for the number one seed in a bye. For whatever freaking reason, the NFL keeps doing this stuff where you have division opponents playing each other over the span of three weeks, and that's what the Detroit Lions are facing. Yeah. They're going to go face the, the Minnesota Vikings, and before they can unpack their gear, they're playing them again. <laughs> so, like, you, you want that to be out there because you need the Packers to take care of business against Minnesota. You need Detroit to take care of business against Minnesota. And you need to get some help with some of these other teams. But basically my point being with all that is – in a lot of ways, much like last year, there is a path there. You need some stuff to go your way, but there is a path there. This thing is not without hope. But it takes little small things like the Baltimore yeah. Ravens going into San Francisco and taking care of business to keep those other contingencies in place. Yeah, and I want to get to, I want to, get to that game on Christmas night as well, but I, I want to ask you point blank, do the Lions clinch the NFC North this week? Yes. All right. If they play the way that they did against the Broncos. Uh, I yeah, just, they were the lions were lions were impressive in yeah. that game, no doubt about it. And and with they all, do have to go to Minneapolis. It'll be a for road sure. Game and for I was going to say, with time. all due yeah. respect to yeah. the, the Vikings and their home field advantage, and certainly they're amped up for this thing. But while it's not as much of a dire situation as what Atlanta's going through, the questions at quarterback for Minnesota, I think at some point you just wonder if they're going to creep up and be a little bit too much to overcome. Maybe Nick Mullins is the guy. Maybe he can find some rhythm. Maybe he finds that Josh Dobbs magic that Dobbs had earlier this season. Yeah, they're 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 hoping for they're hoping for three more games of Josh Dobbs magic with Nick Mullins because yeah. obviously Dobbs kind of ran out of time. It started to turn the other way, and uh, um, and they're they're asking they're asking Mullins to try to get this thing to the finish line and uh, and get them a playoff. Game. I, I will say this too, independent of like oh buys and first overall seeds and things like that. I think Detroit just needs to get playing better ball again too. Last week was a big step in the right direction, yeah. but we ain't looking so hot before that. Yeah. Being able to get into more rhythm, you know, Jared Goff playing like Jared Goff can again, I think is important. And if they can do that against that Minnesota defense, which outside of that end had played pretty darn well this season yeah. or th during this final stretch, you know, that that uh, that could be a big boost for the Lions as well. Yeah, well, and, and you mentioned, too, the big game on Christmas night, which is the one that everybody's going to be watching, Baltimore at San Francisco, the two teams that right now have the number one spot in the respective conferences. That's a big one. And as you said, as a Packer fan, you would like San Francisco to lose so that Detroit is still potentially fighting to improve their seeding in the NFC playoffs. The other part of it, too, you'd like San Francisco to lose because as a Packer fan, you want San Francisco still fighting for that number one seed in week 18 when they're going to be playing the Rams. Uh, and that that could be a game. Hopefully it is a game that the Packers are in position where you're looking at that saying, okay, let's you know hope the Niners can beat the Rams because maybe the Packers get on a run here and still have a chance. So those are the things that are further down the road. But right for right now, 
All the Packers can do and all they can control is to go to Carolina and get a victory, chalk up win number seven, and then see where things are heading into next week. And that's why, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this, but like, you know, you do, you do path to the playoffs and things like that. That's why none of that matters right now until Sunday. Because if you beat the Panthers, then you can start talking about contingencies. Then you start facing another team that has playoff hopes like you do in the Minnesota Vikings. All those things come into play. But other than you and I having some fun banter here, and I'm sure some sports talk radio hosts enjoying this type of stuff, none of it matters if the Packers don't get off the skid. Yeah. And that has to start in, I believe, North Carolina. North Carolina, right? Charlotte, yes, North Carolina. I've only been there once. Really? 2015. I had a kid the other time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The, and then there yeah. was COVID, I think. Yeah. That was the time I was standing at the uh, standing at the door to the plane, making sure you weren't going to get on it uh, <laughs> so, that, uh, so, so that you would be home just in case your wonderful wife went into labor, which lo and behold happened. Dude, so. not even, I'm not trying to make light of this, but I literally, I think I remember, if I remember this right, I saw Aaron Rodgers throw his first pick and then we had to go in. Like <laughs> she, we were go. already at the hospital at that yeah. point. Yeah, I think it's the only time in all the years we've been working together that I made sure to get to the plane before you because you're always like an early arrival because I was going to make sure you didn't get on the plane. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) With that, we'll call it a wrap (laughs) on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and everything from Sunday's game at Carolina. We'll have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, and we will see you next time. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.